Hi, I'm Neville J. McKenzie, and you're listening to Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. You're about to hear the third in a series of 15 episodes that were created for the Entrepreneurs Asia website, the magazine website founded and curated by my colleague Max Henry. In the first cast, I gave a brief background to the series. I hope that you find the series interesting and informative. As you continue to listen to the series, please visit my website at asiabizstories.com. That's Asia, biz, B-I-Z, stories.com. And please leave any comments or suggestions. So now, without any further delay, let's begin. Are you ready to begin your journey out of the realm of just theories and into a world of excitement and experience that only comes with braving the unknown? Join us as we speak to entrepreneurs who have faced the challenges of successfully creating businesses at home as well as abroad. Whether it's arts, services, or tech, from Shanghai to Tokyo, Bangkok to Mumbai, we'll help you find your inspiration and turn it into action. Get ready for Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now welcome your host, Neville J. McKenzie. Hi. Today's interview is with Michelle Yeah. Michelle has over 15 years of global consumer marketing experience with P&L and operational responsibilities specialized in the health and beauty industry. Her prior positions included Senior VP International at Shankly Corporation and Asia-Pacific Director at Mary Kay as well as Senior Global Marketing Director at Sina and Vice President at China. Beginning with a BA in Chinese Literature from the National Taiwan University that was followed by an MS in Integrated Marketing Communications, Michelle is the founder and CEO of MyLohas, and it is with great pleasure that we are able to share with Michelle her insights into being an entrepreneur in Asia. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to interview you. No, it's an honor. Breaking into your busy schedule. Um, I have your business card here, and it says Green and Gorgeous. So can you explain to me what you do and our listeners what you do? Mm -hmm. The reason why uh, our brand is called Green and Gorgeous is that a lot of people get the impression that to be green or organic and healthy, you will be looking like granola, you know, hippies. That's the old impression of being green. But now we believe that you can be green, healthy and not sacrificing the beauty so you can be green and gorgeous at the same time so that's the philosophy of our company and that's the mission statement of the the brand and uh, what we do is that we collect best and the highest quality natural and organic beauty and lifestyle products from around the world and bring them to china and that's what I um, decided to do three years ago when I quit my corporate career in the beauty industry. So tell me, who are your customers? Are they young and gorgeous young ladies? <laughs> no, we have all ages. Um, um, on average, our primary target customer profile includes people who are between 25 to around 49. Uh, the reason why I say that is that uh, People who are just entering the beauty, you know, category, like uh, college students, they probably are not sure what they want, so they buy whatever is famous, yeah. you know, yeah. and they believe in advertisements, so they, okay, yeah. you know, right. so they yeah. buy the the famous brands, 
And uh, after a few years, I realized that wow, you know, they kind of got to know themselves. They're more sophisticated, yeah. and they started to look for what they really need and what is really good. So they start paying attention to what's inside versus the brand name and the logo. So that's why I say above twenty-five, and. When I say below fifty, it doesn't mean that we don't have above fifty customer. There are a lot of cust、uh, customer that are older, but primarily because in China,、um, the older generation they probably gone through cultural revolution. Yeah. So they are a little bit more conservative, a little bit more risk averse. So they they're not as adventurous as the younger generation, and so our、um, the our typical customer are in that within that age, and they are health conscious. They're probably a little bit more well traveled、uh, because they've seen, you know, many brands and especially the young and up and coming and niche brands from、uh, from the states or Europe, and they start getting more curious and they read, you know, the foreign magazine or websites, and so they're more open to、uh, less well known brands, and.、Uh, So that's health and conscious and well traveled, and、um, another one is、um, they、uh, worry about safety. There was safety in safety terms of in terms of cosmetics. Cosmetics, yeah,、so. either or food, you know, food, whatever、yeah. they eat and whatever they put on their skin. And、yeah. people typically people start with food because they, people think that well, you know, I more I want to be healthy, so I pay attention to my diet, yeah,、uh, and nutrition. But a lot of people don't realize that. Skin is actually the biggest organ of your body, so sixty-four percent of whatever you you know slap on your skin, it get into your bloodstream. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, people don't yeah. think about it. People、yeah. worry about their heart, their lungs, you know, their air pollution. They worry about all these、uh, potential、yeah. cancers. But、uh, one of the alarming stats that、uh, in in the U.S.、Um, One out of every nine women above fifty, you know, are diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes, and it's it's really scary. You know, people talk about it, but they don't really know where it's coming from. Yeah, and you think about our lifestyle, the environment, other than external pollution that we can't, you know, we cannot stop breathing. We can choose to live in a healthier, you know, environment with fresh air, but in China, that's not avoidable, right? But in this,、uh, so they start eating healthy. At least they can control the diet.、But、they don't think about what you put on your skin actually go directly to your, you know, bloodstream. Yeah. So people more and more start going beyond food, going to be to, to personal care category, and then also pregnant women is a prime a、uh, very big market for us.、Um, We get customer who come into our store and buy five thousand RMB. I say, why are you buying so much? They say, well, I got pregnant. I have to, you know, throw away all the chemicals. Yeah, is <laughs> that、know? when they start reading the health books yes, and then they realize、yes. what's actually going yeah, into their body? Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. So that's our、uh, customer base mainly, and of course we have a lot of men. Men、uh, who are metrosexual,、oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they started to,、um, you know, and especially the men's care category in the、yeah. in China is is fast growing. Yeah, I've noticed that in、mm. the shops.、Um, I've seen the men's section is a lot bigger than say in Europe in comparison yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big、uh, growing category for us too.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So looking around the store,、um, I can see you have. You, like I said, you have many foreign brands. So how do you select、um, or choose、mm-hmm. or go about bringing、yeah. in foreign brands into your store? We 
right now we are only a hundred percent imported brands. We don't have any local brands or locally filled products, and that's one of the reason、um, why it's very difficult to have such a, a big selection because the import process, the custom clearance, and all the、uh, product registration process in China, it can take me up to twelve, even sixteen months to get them through FDA in Beijing. Um, but I insist on doing that because、um, I really care about the quality and safety. And I looked around for a long time in China, and I've been in the industry for a long time. And it was my job to source for the foreign companies. I couldn't find a really good and secure sources of organic ingredients in China. That's why I decided to go for import. Yeah. And until I can find reliable sources, I will continue to do import. And how do I sell them? I have a very stringent criteria.、Um, no matter how beautiful your packaging is, no matter how famous you are, if your products don't pass my filtering, you know, criteria, then I won't bring you in. And how I filter them mainly is the ingredient. We have a list. We call it blacklist ingredient. And the ingredients, if they contain parabens. You know, artificial petrochemicals,、um, artificial preservatives、um, that we, has been proven harmful to our health. Then you can't come into our store. Yeah, we won't carry your brands. And the second criteria is the packaging. The packaging either have to be environmentally friendly, recycled or recyclable material, or、uh, they cannot be overly packaged. Okay. And so that's our criteria, and of course design. You know, design is everything. That's why Apple is so successful, right? Yeah, yeah. So we believe that design can attract users to convert them to this category. So we care about the design very much as well. They have to represent the image of what Green and Gorgeous stands for. Oh, okay. Good. Um. So, how do you get your products from your customer from say? How do you get your products from you, your business to your customers?、Mm. We has we are multi-channel business model.、Uh, we have flagship store in Shanghai Shintendi, and then we have franchise stores. And the franchise stores can be from Yunnan to Beijing, first tier city, second or even third tier city. And to my surprise,、um, I we found them. To be very successful in second and third tier city, I thought they were not ready for organics, and I was wrong. And、uh, they are really, really eager to have our products because they are not available in their、uh, in their region, and so they are willing to either buy online or they want to franchise. We have people come into our store and say, "Can we franchise? Because we cannot find anything like this in our store in our city." And so, and then we have online. We have a, a website, mylohasbeauty.com, and we deliver everywhere in China and for free, actually. For free. <laughs> yeah, okay, if, yeah. If you order four hundred,、uh, more than three hundred RMB, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think the the customers in the thirties cities, how did they find out about your、Us. products? Well, we try to do as much as we can in terms of exposure with the media. Uh, and uh, with PR, consumer events, we sponsor many health and charity events, and then that's how they find about us. And we also have our、um, online、uh, promotion. So, and WeChat, Weibo, we all have we whatever channel we can get, 
The only thing we don't do is traditional advertisement. Traditional, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it seems that you're in an ideal position to create your own brand. Um, have you thought about that? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so um, we originally gonna do it in the beginning, and I realized this category is so new, and and this, this category is so big. So I want to bring as many good brands as possible from other countries that is proven safe and effective to China and create a category. You know, I was one of the first, and to really. Grow the category, grow the organic beauty industry first, and then once we have enough stores and and critical mass, then I will develop my own brand. Mm -hmm. So, how do you think that will affect your relationship between your suppliers? Once you, I don't think it will affect the relationship because by then we'll be big enough, and they will want to stay with us. <laughs> and yeah. also, I really believe that uh, in this space. Uh, cooperation is the key. Uh, that's why I sell other brands that I don't necessarily uh, represent exclusively because I want as long as you're good products, I will carry them. Uh, for our exclusive brand, of course, we have you know more um, better pricing for our reseller, and also we do more uh, promotion and you know PR to promote the brand, and we also sell to other. Uh, cosmetic stores who want organic products, and in the past eighteen months, we get a lot more requ requests than yeah. the past because there is a trend they want more organic products. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you're actually you're helping your future competitors to grow the market within yeah. China. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, how has your life changed um, from being an employee? To being an entrepreneur, um, my life just turned upside down. Upside down. <laughs> well, I was in the corporate America for seventeen years, yeah. and then so it was very. I was very hardworking always in my life, but um, but is I can hide behind the team. You know, I have a good, capable team, and uh, you know, in big companies, especially American companies, we had no problem recruiting, right? Yeah. Especially in China, everybody want to work for big companies, right? It's very unlike where I came from, Silicon Valley, San Francisco. People want creativity; they they're looking for the next Facebook, yeah. the next Google. They're willing to work for startup, you know, for less money but more upside, right? In China. It's much more difficult to get that kind of talent to see the potential. So building the team is always like the key challenge for me. Um, so my life, in terms of impact on my life, is it's um, not just because I got busier, <laughs> I have less sleep, <laughs> uh, but I have to be a lot more disciplined in terms of time management because I have to. I have to be able to look always, you know, get very hands-on, not being afraid to get my hands dirty. But also have to elevate back, you know, to the top and say, okay, look at the bird view, not in the, you know, not the look at the bird's eye view. Yeah, bird's eye view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's you always have to be able to come up and go down very fast, yeah. you know. And that's a that's a good learning experience. And also, it's very um, 
humbling experience because, like I said, you can hide behind the big team and then they're capable. You can give them a strategy and give them budget. You have an idea and they can execute, make it happen magically.、Yeah. You never knew how they did it, right?、Uh, yeah. But now you have to learn everything, and and then you start to realize your strengths and weaknesses. You know, I didn't know I was so bad in operation until、oh, yeah. <laughs> until I started my business, and I didn't realize I was so creative. I could be so creative until I started my own business and starting design my own light boxes and logo and everything. And so you really learn a lot about yourself. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So your ideas,、um, you start to put your ideas into practice.、Um, you realize that the job you were doing before. Um, maybe wasn't what you were meant to do. Like you know, if you're in operations, I, I, and,、yes. this is the Asian part of me.、Yeah. I really believe that I、um, have. I believe everything happens for a reason,、yes. and then、um, you are at some place, certain time for a reason. And I'm so grateful for everything and all the opportunities I had in the past because I learned so much. Even though I was suffering because of corporate bureaucracy, you know, the politics—I really hated the politics. You know, I really surprised that I actually survive and thrive in that kind of environment. And it taught me so much. But I was always had this itch and this this you know thing in the back of my head. I this is not enough. And、um, but I really accumulated that for a long time, and I was. Accumulating ideas every time I think of something, I put it in my notebook, you know. And then because it help you formulate your business model. Do you still have that notebook? Yes. 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 And some of them came true as I actually、yeah. executed. And I said,、like, "Oh my God, that was a great idea." And some of them said,、like, "That was a dumb idea." <laughs> and I tried it, and it didn't work, right? But、um, so even before you, I became entrepreneur. I really was. Um, accumulating all these ideas already, and then when I finally took the final step,、um, you had the opportunity to do whatever you want, and that's the risk that you do whatever you want and you、yeah. could fail miserably, right? And so I feel like I had the opportunity to learn so much, and then everything I learned somehow all you know contributed to what I do today. Like I was managing the e-business for my previous company, and I grew from ten percent of business to fifty percent of the entire company to online, because that's what back in the nineties. <laughs> so,、um, and then now I can really apply a lot of things to this, you know, online、uh, business in China. So, everything you did in the, so don't think that if you are working for somebody else, you're wasting your time. You actually. You're learning a lot for、yeah. your future, right? Okay, thanks for that.、Um, what expectations did you have before you started, and how have they changed towards your business? Did you have any expectations? My expectation、uh, of people have changed、um, because in the startup env- startup environment, you have to be so much more critical of performance. In the big environment, you had the luxury to tolerate, you know, mediocre performance.、Yeah. <laughs> But you can't afford that in the startup environment, and that was very painful for me because I like to have a more, you know, like a harmonious, you know, environment. But but you have to be a little bit more、uh, critical. 
you know, because you can't afford to waste so much time. So that's why I told my my other friends who were seeking advice for you know, startups. I say hire slowly but fire quickly. Fire quickly. Yeah, yeah. because um, once you realize that if you're too too uh, tolerant of poor performance, at the end it's not good for them. It's not good for you. You know, so, so it doesn't really like it's a lose lose situation. So do you feel if you have a poor performer within your company, that will spread rather than them becoming yeah, because, a high performer? Yeah, um, I mean, yes, sometimes very 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 rarely that you were able to convert some some mediocre to high performance very very rarely, and that's because they probably had no idea uh, that you know you just kind of kind of give them a tip and they get it. Yeah. You know, that's very rarely, but usually the poor performance, I don't really um, fire people for for um, poor performance per se. I fire people more for the attitude. Attitude. Yeah. If you are willing to learn, I'm willing to teach you. You know, I, I used to be an English teacher in, oh, in, yeah. in, in, in um, college in Taiwan, so I could be very patient if you're willing to learn. Yeah. But if you have a bad attitude, I can't change that. It's so hard to change attitudes. And that's, that's one of the number one reasons for firing. Yeah. So you mentioned um, about advice. You give advice. Who gives you advice and support? Uh, many people like to give advice, and um, and I always seek advice. But I, over the years, I learned to, I learned to select who to listen to. Yeah. Because unfortunately, when you are an entrepreneur, you have so many self doubts. Sometimes, you know, like, am I doing the right thing? Oh my God, this is so slow. It's much slower than I expected. Um, or oh my God, it's so much harder than I expected. So. And I do have a problem of, of oversimplifying things, and maybe that makes me a doer, you yeah. know. You know, but you also pay the price because you oversimplify, and you say, "Oh my God, this is so slow," right? But uh, when when I um, have um, the the, uh, the the problem of uh, meeting my own expectation, then my my uh, the advice that I hear from all directions. Tend to affect your mood. Yeah. And as a leader, if you're down, everybody's down, you know? And you really have to be a cheerleader at all times. We look at the positive side. We learn from this, okay, we move on. We don't draw on our mistakes, you know? Um, so I, I seek advice from people who really know. You can't just listen to anybody because for some reason, there are a lot more naysayers than, than I expected. Out why, there. Would, why do you think that is naysayers? I think it's human nature because in one way, they think they're trying to help you, but if they really don't know, you know, and, and they're trying to say, because everybody, most people want to take the safe route. To protect you, so they may be protected. To protect you, yeah. and then they are assuming that's what is right for you because it's right for them. And most people, you know, 99% of people work for somebody else, right? And they are the conservative one. They are not the risk taker. And that's why they will never be Steve Jobs, right? Yeah. So you cannot listen to those people. You need to listen to people who have been there, done that, no matter they are successful or not as an entrepreneur, even the failed one, they have so much to tell you, right? 
you have to really listen to people who yeah. really been there, done that. Yeah, mm -hmm. because I've found that when I, when I've told people mm -hmm. myself that I'm going to be doing some interviewing of entrepreneurs, some people have said to me, "That's great," and then others have said, "Well, why are you doing that?" As a, a big question. Then I've, personally, I've thought, "Yeah, why am I doing that?" Uh -huh. But then uh, the, the people that have said, "Go ahead and do it," I feel this is what I want to do, so right. this is what I should do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people who don't know like to get advice. <laughs> That's why you have to be careful who you oh, listen to. Yeah. yeah. So where do you get your inspiration from? All places. Yeah. All places. And I get very excited when I ever see a TV interview or read an article about somebody who came out of nowhere and did something really great. No matter it's um, for money or charity, or changing people's lives in a small and big way, I really, I get really excited when, for when I see people who try, and from you know the the most famous TV host like Oprah, right, yeah. to um, uh, to um, you know little people who are um, trying to make a difference in to save a river or save. You know, whatever animals on the street. Yesterday, I saw uh, three girls trying to save a, a a stray dog. You know, who was a bit injured, and we're trying to figure out how to take him to the hospital. We don't know how to do it. And th those the people who really care, always inspiration. But people who have um, the the guts to take risk usually are the biggest source of inspiration for me because they are the one who can make a difference. So I try to look for examples. <laughs> so in your attitude towards your business, um, what has changed and what has grown? So in your attitude towards your business, what has changed and what has remained constant as you've grown your business? Mm -hmm. uh, my view to business in general, um, I feel like there are so many ways to make money and really pick the one that you really, really passionate about is so important. It doesn't have to be about working for yourself. You could be working for a company, and if you work for a cigarette company, you probably don't feel very good about yourself, but you, they pay a lot more than regular consumer goods company because, you know, you really pay a price for your conscience, right? And that's why I say life is so short, and there are so many things you can do, but you have to select the ones. You know, even if you work for somebody else, maybe in in your lifetime, if you are more stable on average, you maybe work for you know five to seven companies at most, right? And then you spend all this time working for something that you don't believe in. It's such a waste of time, right? So no matter the company you work for or the business you decide to start, it has to be something you're really passionate about. Not only because it's meaningful, but also make it easier. You know, you have so many rejections every day, when you, especially when you're working for yourself, right? And you can't take it personally and take it too hard and say, oh my God, this is such a failure. Because you pick yourself back up and say, I really believe my product. I really believe the mission. I really believe this is good for the society or for the humankind. And no matter you make $1 or $1 billion, it's still meaningful. So that's why I really believe, and you know, there are so many people who made so much money, but they're still not happy. So 
if you can make good enough money and be very feel very good about yourself, you will never regret anything. So your vision, beliefs, and your product, mm-hmm. you say your brand integrity, that yeah. remains constant. I think product, it goes back to product and yeah. services. Yeah. You have to believe in it because no matter if it's a million dollar business or hundred million dollar business, you always feel very proud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where do you see your business in say five years? Actually, we are uh, transforming ourselves. You know, people talk about O2O, right? Uh, we started with a, a website, uh, but that's way before people, you know, started shopping outside Taobao and Tmall. People still shopping at Taobao and Tmall, but people started to to come out. You know, there's there's a life outside Tmall. Yeah. <laughs> and there are more and more individual department stores or brand building their own websites. And we really think that's the future. So we continue to uh, gonna try to revamp and improve our mylohasbeauty.com the website, and 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 so our loyal customer can easily get products without coming to our physical stores. Our physical store will continue to evolve. We want to make it more event focused. Event focused. Yeah, because it's so hard to do retail these days. Just pure retail. You have to keep people interested, entertain them, educate them. Right, so that's why um, you know it's more. Uh, we thought we say content, community, and commerce. So even you know uh, the online strategy talk about content, community, and commerce. The physical store is the same thing. You have to have good enough content for your event community. People get together and and do ideal exchange or get educated or get entertained in your physical location. And then hopefully they will, you know, convert to become your customer, and, and you have a commercial benefit out of it. So, do you have any events planned in the near future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We always have events, but we not only we sponsor a lot of events. Um, uh, we're gonna sponsor many um, uh, winter fashion events. Um, we also have our own event uh, in November uh, on November 29th, before the holiday season starts. We're gonna have a organic makeover event, pre-holiday party makeover event in our store. Here. Are men invited? Uh, what, sorry? Are men invited? Uh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we will have our VIPs here and we are importing a, launching a, 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 a Japanese organic color cosmetics. Yeah. So all the colors made of fruits and vegetables and uh, mineral. So um, you can bring your holiday outfits and then we'll give you a hair styling and um, yeah, <laughs> not for you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and color makeover. Yeah, so that kind of event. Yeah. Okay, and so just to wrap up now, um, what advice would you give to someone just starting out as an entrepreneur? Wow, there's so many. <laughs> yeah, if you were to pick, say, one piece of advice, what would um, be the most important? Um, have a plan real plan, business plan, figure out your business model, but be fluid and flexible because the market's changing so fast, right? If you look at it, me three years ago versus now, um, the online marketplace is evolving. You have to evolve with time and make sure you have that resources and funding to, to carry you through this the evolution um, because it's going to cost 
three times more expensive and and it's gonna be ten times harder. <laughs> ten times harder <laughs> than you would expect it. Yeah, because、yeah. all the regulatory、uh, things and all the uh, people, you know,、uh, management. So you have to really be more than prepared to do it. But don't 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 say you have to be like perfect before you start.、Yeah. But what I mean is,、uh, make sure you have the resources and people to help you. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Okay, I've really enjoyed talking to you, and thanks very much for you know giving me the time to interview you. No, it's a pleasure. And、um, you have a wonderful store here. Thank you. The, yeah, Thank you. <laughs> I'll be probably passing by. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll、Thank、keep、you. in touch. Okay.、Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. That was Michelle. Yeah. The founder and CEO of My Low House. We hope that you enjoyed the interview as much as we did making it. Thanks, Michelle, for giving us your views on who to take advice from, your insights into the future of your business, and your advice to just starting out entrepreneurs. We wish you all the best, Michelle, and we'll be following your progress. This is Neville J. McKenzie ending this third AsiaBusiness.com interview of Entrepreneurs in Action. This brings us to the end of this episode of Asia Biz Stories: Entrepreneurs in Action. Now we need you to hit the subscribe button and head over to AsiaBizStories.com for more great information on how to take your inspiration and turn it into action. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you join us next time on Asia Biz Stories: Entrepreneurs in Action.